And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truthful Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as twave.tv and twavecasting.tv. We thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to continue looking at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 8. Remember, our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. We will welcome your text messages, questions, or comments. You can also post there on tweetcasting.tv as well. So we thank you for joining us for today's program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, especially the book of Daniel, Lord. Exciting book. It tells us so much about the future. And Lord, we just praise you for all those who are listening in and tuned in. And we pray that you'll help them and us grow in our relationship with you. Bless the technology that it works well. And uh, Lord, may these get out to the hands of people who need to be listening and, and grow in their relationship with you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at the book of Daniel, God's Mighty Angels, Daniel chapter 8. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry as well as Calvary Chapel Broward. We'd love for you to come and visit any of these ministries this Sunday, 9 a.m. in Spanish and 10.30 in English. Calvary Chapel Aventura would like to invite you and also on Wednesdays at 7.30 for their Bible study. And if you find yourself up in the Fort Lauderdale area, make sure you drop into Calvary Chapel Broward. Their Spanish service is at 12.30 and you can find more information here on twave.tv. Also, we're still in need of prayer partners. We're always in need of prayer partners. So those of you that are watching and listening, if the Lord puts it on your heart and you want to participate as one of the prayer partners, let us know. We'd love for you to be Praying for the guests here and the various programs during the week. So we thank you for tuning in and also being part of today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to today's program. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Excellent. And it is morning in Texas, right? Because you're a few hours different than Miami. Just one hour. Just, Just one, one hour. hour. <laughs> That is awesome. You know, Nathan, I was talking to another friend of mine that he's over in the Panhandle in, uh, by the Pensacola area, and their, their time there is actually totally different than the one in Miami, and I didn't even know that, and I'm in Florida. <laughs> All those decades you've lived in Miami, didn't know, huh? Well, you know, when you live in a tropical paradise, you don't think about the rest of the suffering <laughs> in the country. The rest of the suffering people, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, those of us that live in Miami or, say, San Diego... Yeah. No, you're not suffering that bad because you told me you got some rain this week. That's a refreshing thing for you guys in Texas. Well, you know, the weather's been a little crazy all over the country. And uh, although we get a lot of rain in the spring, Texas had a drop for the last two months. And the Lord has blessed us today with rain, so we're praising Him for it. That is fantastic, Nathan. And, of course, Nathan, you and I will always have a lot of fun during our programs. But before we continue in the fun, can you share a little bit about your ministry, what you guys do? And maybe someone just tuned in for the first time how they can get a hold of your wonderful resources. 
Sure, sure. Well, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the uh, Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries, founded by Dr. David Reagan. And uh, folks can check us out on our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. And there we want to teach you about God's prophetic word, the 31% of the Bible that is Bible prophecy. And there you can learn a ton of information uh, through articles, our television show, Christ and Prophecy, a newsletter, social network, blog, you name it. We're trying to get God's word out. We're excited about Jesus coming soon, and we hope to get you excited as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan. We are very excited. You guys always have a lot of wonderful information, and uh, you just keep continuing to make things even better, and I'm so excited for that. And hopefully those that are watching and listening, hey, take advantage of these wonderful, wonderful resources. It's a way for you guys to get prepared globally. People from all over the world are able to tune in and grab hold of all these wonderful materials from Lamb and Lion Ministries. So, Nathan, thank you for sharing that wonderful weather. I mean, the wonderful uh, resources and weather, actually, because you did get rain. Well, what's great about the, your website, too, at twave.tv, all the wonderful archives you have that teach about Bible prophecy and the Bible. And we uh, get the podcast, a lot of those uh, that we've recorded as well. So thank you for yeah. that. And the folks can check out our podcast section as well and get our interviews here as well as Christ and Prophecy and other radio interviews that Dr. Reagan and I do. Yeah, and Nathan, actually, thank you for sending me your um, your, your programs. We're starting to uh, upload those also on our site, and we want to make it a regular thing. So individuals can also see all the wonderful things that you and Dr. Reagan are doing with your TV programs over at our network as well. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. Yeah, so thank you for that. And Nathan, you and I, before we were talking about this uh, wonderful movie, we just kind of throw a little bit of a, a thank you there for those individuals that created that movie. We talked about the War Room, right? Oh, yeah, by the Kendrick Brothers. Yeah, they're the ones who brought us uh, um, uh, Flywheels and uh, Fireproof and other great Christian movies. And they continue to make these movies inexpensive for a movie. I think uh, this uh, War Room is only $3 million, and it's yeah. already the number one movie. It's made $27 million, and it's awesome. not really about the money, but the lives that are changed. And I've heard so many people say that their, their prayer lives have been so radically altered yeah. by watching that movie. You know, Nathan, that's why we want to just throw that plug in there so those that are watching and listening will pray for for these individuals that are making a difference in Hollywood, and maybe they can get out and make that movie part of their library. I'm hoping to do that once it comes out on DVD, right, Nate? Oh, exactly. Yeah, I love to get those movies, and I especially want my children to see this movie. So I think my wife is going to take my two older teens and, and take them out and, and get to watch this movie, and hopefully make an impact on their prayer life now yes. that will affect them for the rest of their life. Nathan, that is a great, you know, that that's a great uh, thing that you just said because, I mean, we, we come to realize, I mean, you and I today are going to be looking at the book of Daniel, and we saw how Daniel's life was impacted early on through prayer. And as we look at the book of Daniel, we're going to also see Daniel's prayer life. A lot of the prophecies that were revealed to him and all the visions, uh, Nathan, came because of his prayer life. Well, that's an excellent point. Daniel had a fantastic prayer life. He was very dedicated to praying three times a day uh, facing Jerusalem. And uh, he knew what it was to pray. He didn't just do, you know, quickie prayers here or there and and or forget to pray at all or pray once a week. <laughs> he was very disciplined and, and you know, some people are down on being disciplined when it comes to their prayer life, but if you're not then you're usually gonna not do it. So yeah. Daniel made sure three times a day he was deep in prayer and the Lord rewarded him. His relationship yeah. with the Lord was very strong. Matter of fact in the New Testament Daniel's listed as one of the greats of the faith and uh, so he is very important to have a good prayer life and Daniel's a fantastic example. 
of that in the Bible. Absolutely. And that's why, Nathan, as we talk about prayer, we see that God does some incredible things when we pray. He dispatches his mighty angels and they, they do just incredible things as we seek the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking. I know uh, last week, uh, Nate, we opened up in Daniel chapter 1. And of course, uh, we're going to sort of jump around and put a little bit of a puzzle together here. As we look at God's mighty angels, as they're, as they're being dispatched and called upon through prayer to do some incredible work. And last week, you gave us a quick introduction there of Daniel chapter 1. You mind recapping real quick for us, uh, Nate, what we talked about before we jump into uh, Daniel chapter 8? Well, certainly. Well, Daniel was a young man, likely 16 years old, and he and Three of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they were renamed, uh, were exiled out of Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar, the, the great Babylonian king, as God prophesied, he would come down and he would destroy Jerusalem and he would take all the people out. He did it in three different ways, and Daniel was one of the first ways. And they, basically, he took the, the, the good-looking noblemen, the intelligent guys, the leaders, brought them back, trained them, and converted them into Babylonians, and from there, they would serve the king. And this was his way of, of destroying a nation, but also incorporated into his empire. Uh, except to the point where the food requirements for Daniel, the Jewish kosher food requirements, uh, the Babylonians wanted to break. And that's where Daniel finally had to put his foot down. Like, I'm sorry, I can't eat this food. We can't right. eat this food. We're Jews. We're kosher. We need to be able to eat just vegetables and water. Well, you know, uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's steward was like, uh, I think that's a bad idea. I think my head chopped off for this. Nebuchadnezzar was known for having a terrible temper. And he said, no, test us. If, we, if we're better after a certain amount of time, then uh, you come back and, and, uh, and test us in this. And so the, the steward did, and all of a sudden, what do you know? Daniel and his friends, they look great. And so then all the king's uh, trainees there are now forced to become basically vegetarians, <laughs> like Daniel. So Daniel didn't make many friends that way, but Daniel put his foot down. He made a point. Uh, God honored it. And then Daniel was listed as one of the greatest of the servants of, of King Nebuchadnezzar, along with his three friends. So very important that as Christians, we take a stand for what's right. We do what is right. Nathan, you know, I love that what you just said. And what I loved about this story is the fact that these were young men. I mean, you pointed out maybe 16 and already they had a wonderful prayer life. And I love what you said about your son too earlier, maybe watching the movie The War Room, because we want our children, right, Nate, to develop a wonderful prayer life early on so that they will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And there's many that are coming to young people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, our children's faith cannot be our own faith. And I think that's why we see so many kids leave the church, uh, the college yes. years especially, is because they've been just living off their parents' faith. They've been going to church because their parents go to church. They're part of the Christian culture. They they don't feel they need to pray because their parents are praying. But when they're on their own, they realize that the Christianity isn't the faith that they, they believe in, and, yeah. and they just give it up. And But it's so important that Daniel's parents were must have been very good parents because That's they right. trained him upright in the Lord from a young age. And by 16, when he's exiled out of uh, Jerusalem and had to go to Babylon, he was really strong in the faith. And, and again, I, that's a great example for parents to look at, is that Daniel grew up in the faith. He made it his own. And, of course, he was under uh, exile. And when you're persecuted, you tend to rely on God more. And yeah. I think that probably played into it, too. 
Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, that's why we, we think that this is a very encouraging message to anyone watching and listening. Again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 8, looking at God's mighty angels. So thank you so much, Nate. And Nathan, as we look at um, Daniel chapter 8, as we jump forward now, we're going to see some incredible things here in the book of Daniel, but also the involvement of uh, of God's angelic host uh, here in, uh, in in chapter 8 and bringing about these revelations. And, and I was going to ask you, Nathan, maybe you can read for us chapter 8. And we'll read, uh, we'll take a chunk of scripture, maybe one uh, through uh, verses 1 through 16, if that will be okay with you? Sure, that, that is quite a chunk. And you are absolutely right. Daniel 8 is an amazing chapter in the book of Daniel. Amazing. So I'm glad you wanted to cover that today. So let's get to it. Daniel chapter 8, I'm reading from the New King James Version, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one who appeared to me the first time. I saw in a vision, and it so happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam, and I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and there standing beside the river was a ram with two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward, so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hands, but he did according to his will, and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And when he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river, and ran at him with furious power, and I saw him confronting the ram, he was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram and broke his two horns. Mm. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast them down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one who could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore the male goat grew very great, but when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it four notable ones came up towards the four winds of heaven. And one of the one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the glorious land. And it grew up to the hosts of heaven, and cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Mm. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certainly one who was speaking, how long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For two thousand three hundred days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Then it happened, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning, that suddenly there stood before me one who having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Ulai, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Woo! Whoa, that was a powerful passage. And Nathan, thank you for reading all those verses. <laughs> and you know, Nathan, the thing is, when we look at this, this is an incredible, incredible uh, chapter. Now, of course, there's people watching and listening and they're wondering, of course, what in the world is this talking about? And here, Nathan, we've, we see, uh, again, this angel being dispatched, Gabriel, to Daniel to give him uh, understanding. And you know what, Nathan, it reminds me of Revelation chapter 1 when the apostle John also had this incredible revelation. And in Revelation 1 verse 1, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show 
his servants things which must shortly take place and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. So Nathan, oftentimes we see God's angelic being so involved, right, in revealing the things of the future. Oh, exactly. Uh, angels are God's messengers. Uh, they also serve him in his temple. They do his will. We read about angels who even manage the weather. So behind right. the scenes of all that goes on, there is angelic forces uh, serving God and doing his work. And one of them is to give messages to mankind to reveal God's will. And uh, we're reading here about particularly the angel Gabriel who had a message, a prophetic message, particularly for Daniel and for us today to read. Absolutely. And, and all these messages, Nathan, that we're, that we're noticing here, they will piece together as we look at the book of Daniel and also the book of Revelation. And, and I believe you were the one that, that called the book of Daniel the mini book of Revelation, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely right, man. It, Daniel is the Old Testament version of the book of Revelation. So much of Revelation is found in the book of Daniel, and they both complement each other. Excellent. And you know, Nathan, the reason why we read such a portion of Scripture is because oftentimes when people read the Bible, Revelation, and Daniel, and then they'll take the time to let Scripture speak to Scripture, it gets all confusing, and people start putting in their ideas, what they think it means. And that happens a lot also in the book of Revelation, right, Nate? Well, that's why they teach you this, this word in Bible college. It's called hermeneutics, the <laughs> art and science of interpreting the Bible. In other words, you interpret the Bible literally, you interpret it in context, and you read all the parallel passage. Don't come up with your own interpretation. Don't spiritualize the Scripture. Let the Bible speak for itself. Absolutely, and that's why, Nathan, I'm so glad that you share the hermeneutics. Uh, uh, the word is so long, I won't even try to pronounce it, okay? But <laughs> but for those watching, listening, that word, <laughs> doing things in context. So, Nate, and that's why we stopped at verse 16, and before we start putting there what we think our ideas are, can you take us a little bit forward there in the following verses as we begin to reveal what was shown here to Daniel? Certainly, uh, because uh, when it comes to prophecy, God usually gives us the interpretation of the prophecy. Yeah. He, Jesus would teach a parable, and he would turn around and then tell what the parable meant to his disciples. Same thing here. Gabriel is sent down to tell Daniel what the meaning is, so we don't have to guess what it means. And we also, as we'll see later, historical fulfillment of these prophecies will yes. also help us understand them better. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. So should we start with verse 17? Absolutely, yes. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and stood me upright, and he said, Look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For at that appointed time, the end shall be. The ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the, uh, the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy place. Though through his cunning he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule. He shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. 
but he shall be broken without human means. And the vision of the evenings and the mornings which was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterwards, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Nathan, I mean, here we we find this incredible, uh, incredible. I mean, and this just takes us everywhere because we notice again in verse nineteen, he talks about the time of the end when this shall be, and then we notice again uh, he talks about uh, something uh, that is going to be uh, in the future, and, and that's what I love about this, right, Nathan? Because some of these things uh, had not yet occurred, and yet they foretold Daniel an event that was going to come into the future, much like the book of Revelation, right? Oh, exactly. And again, he says, uh, we're looking at a latter time, last days, a time of indignation, time of the Gentiles. Basically what it is is when Jerusalem was destroyed and uh, from Nebuchadnezzar's reign, the Gentiles trampled Jerusalem. Uh, Israel never really got back control of Israel, maybe right. a little bit under the Maccabees, but even then they were dependent on Rome. Rome conquered uh, Israel the Jews were kicked out again in 70 AD, were forced into exile, and they continue to this day to be very tenuous hold of their land as the world wants to take the land of Israel away and give it to the Palestinians. So the Gentiles continue to trample down Jerusalem, and they will so until Jesus' second coming. Mm. And Nathan, also I notice in verse 19, it talks about, again, this time period. It says, and I look what happened in the latter times in the indignation for the appointed time at the end uh, shall be so in other words these are things that are going to occur this is not fairy tale this is not made up events but this is something that will actually happen yeah well we see through history as uh, he goes through the different historical characters this is a, a lot of this has already been fulfilled right the the ram and the goat uh, we can place uh, we can also look at the uh, indignant horn that, that rises up it actually has two fulfillments and uh, I don't want to give anything away, so I'm taking it bit by bit. But <laughs> as we get into more, I'll, I'll explain what all this means. But so we've seen that a lot of Daniel's prophecy here was fulfilled. It fulfilled hundreds of years before it happened, but we're still right, waiting for a final fulfillment of that little horn. Exactly. And 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 while he was writing, uh, Nate, there he in verse twenty, he starts to talk about again uh, these horns, the ram which you saw having the two horns, uh, and he goes on. These are the kings of the meat and the Persian. And now you and I, we finished Revelation and we, we talked a little bit about this, right? Uh, what the meaning of horns and what the, the, what is the meaning uh, of these uh, these things. And uh, again, here we start to get another clear picture that is talking about uh, kingdoms. Right, right. Daniel actually gets three separate visions throughout the book of Daniel. Uh, each talk about how different empires will come and go, human empires. Uh, in Daniel 2, it talks about this great statue where the whole head of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar. The silver arms and chest represents the uh, Medo-Persian Empire. The bronze uh, waist represents the um, Greek Empire. And then the legs, the uh, feet with iron mixed with clay, represent the Roman Empire. And then we get up to Daniel 7, and we're given four different animals. We're giving a winged lion, which again represents Babylon, a bear, which represents Greece, a winged leopard, which represents—I'm sorry, Medo-Persia. A winged leopard, which represents Greece, mm -hmm. and a, a ferocious beast that represents uh, Rome. And then we get to Daniel eight, and again, Daniel is given yet another vision of the nations that will right. come. But this time, it, it leaves out Babylon, 
uh, because Babylon's coming to an end. Belshar was the last king of, of Babylon. And we get to the next one, and that is the vision of the ram. And the ram represents the Medo-Persian Empire. The Medes was an area in southwest uh, Iran today, and the Persians were the, the rest of what is known as Iran today. They merged, they overthrew Babylon, and they became uh, what is represented as the ram with the two horns. The Elam, was uh, the Medes were first, but right. eventually the Persians grew in greater importance. So, you know, when you have a band and you get the first name, you know, uh, <laughs> like Simon and Garfunkel, Simon's the better known one, well, same with the Medo-Persians, the... It's the opposite. The Persians were the the bigger, better, uh, stronger of the two when it came to conquer. Absolutely. And Nathan, I thank you so much. That was a wonderful way of just beginning to tie this together. And what we're doing here is that we're hoping that anyone watching and anyone listening will come to recognize how these revelations came about. But then as we piece together the rest of the chapters, we see a bigger picture and obviously a greater detail in the meaning of what exactly Daniel was being uh, shown here or was being revealed. And again, verse 23 uh, Nate there in, in chapter 8, and in the latter times of their kingdom, when this transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. What is this referring to, Nate, there, verse 23? Well, uh, there's uh, it's actually a double fulfillment prophecy. Uh, obviously, the Medo-Persian Empire collapsed under the great goat with one horn. That one horn was Alexander the Great. Mm. Alexander the Great uh, even says that the goat ran as if he wasn't on the ground. In other words, Alexander the Great yeah. blitzkrieg through the Middle East. He conquered all of the area, including the Medo-Persian Empire, but he didn't live very long. He died at 32 from malaria and complications with alcoholism. He didn't have an heir, so his four generals split up Alexander's conquerings and made four different nations. Now, one was the Seleucids of Syria, and eventually, over a few hundred years, the Seleucids produced what was a man called Antiochus Epiphanes, or mm -hmm. Antiochus the Illustrious One. And that, that guy was... Uh, the Jews called him Antiochus the Madman. He was insanely uh, believed that the Jews should not have to be able to worship God. He desecrates the temple. He tries to force the Jews to eat uh, pig flesh, which is in kosher. He put up idols. Uh, he was a terrible, terrible person, and it caused the Jews to overthrow, which was the Maccabean Rebellion, to overthrow the Seleucid. Now, uh, part of the partial fulfillment of this, this little horn, is Antiochus Epiphanes. It's an Antichrist type creed, um, typology, you could say. But the actual fulfillment, because this is the time of the ends, and because of how much more that this little horn does than what Antiochus Epiphanes was able to do, then this is actually a reference to the Antichrist, who we're still waiting to take over the world one day. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, I know we only have about a minute or two left of the first segment of our program, and we'll definitely go on to expand more regarding this kingdom of Alexander the Great, like how you have already touched in uh, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. But we also want to encourage those of you that just tuned in and those of you that are watching. Again, you're tuning in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel, mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 8. And of course, if you want to text in or 
post your questions or your comments, you can do so. Our local number is 305-992-9537. Or those of you watching us live on twitcasting.tv, twave.tv, you can actually post your questions and your comments there as well. And, of course, Nathan, you know, this is really fascinating. And I want to thank you for bringing us through this incredible journey. And, Nathan, oftentimes every week when you and I uh, talk about Bible prophecy and all the events that are beginning to unfold, really the idea behind all this is so those that are watching and those that are listening will see the urgency uh, in, in the events all around us. And hopefully that they will also come to the knowledge of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and that's why we primarily do this, right, Nate? Exactly. Yeah. The Bible all is pointing to the glory of God. And for us to glorify God, we need to give our lives to Jesus Christ by asking for salvation, by yes. repenting of our sins, to acknowledging that Jesus is the Son of God and our Savior, and making Him Lord of our lives. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. And that's why we want to encourage those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we'd love for you to get a hold of us and we'd love to tell you how you can begin that relationship with the Lord. 305-992-9537. And we're going to go on a break and we will be right back. And if you cannot stay tuned into the second segment of our program, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And the rest of you, would love for you to stay tuned to the second segment of our program as we will be right back. Well, Nathan Jones, we ran out of time for the first segment of our program. I want to Thank you so much for opening up those scriptures to us and being part of the first segment of the program. It goes so quick. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. And the rest of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you again. If you're in need of prayer, get a hold of us. We would love to pray for you. You guys have a great week.
And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as tweetcasting.tv, and, of course, twave.tv. Thank you all for tuning in to the second segment of our program as we're looking at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 8. And, of course, our lines will remain open. The local number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537, if you would like to text in your questions or your comments. And, of course, before we continue, the second segment of our program, and ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word in the book of Daniel, Lord. We just pray you open it up so we may understand what you have to tell us. And we pray that everyone listening in and watching will be blessed, Lord, uh, and that they'll grow in their relationship with you. Bless our technology, that it works well, and uh, our time together. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 8, God's Mighty Angels. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set Your Free Ministry, as well as Calvary Chapel Broward. You can find more information here on twave.tv or calvaryaventura.com. And of course, just a shout out to those of you that are watching and listening. We're still in need of prayer partners. You can get a hold of us at 305 992 9537 if you would like to serve as a prayer partner here for this wonderful ministry and pray for the guests and the programs here uh, during the week. So we thank you all for your prayers regarding that. And of course, before we continue the second segment of our program, and I welcome back Nathan Jones. Nathan, great to have you back. Great to be back. Uh, it's always nice to be invited back on every week. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here, and I uh, thank you for your time, and that uh, you always take out of your very busy schedule as a web minister, and you have so many things to do, so it's always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, I just love reading the Bible and teaching it, and I love our time together. Man, uh, you're a great host, and I think everybody listening could agree that you really bless us all, so thank you so much for all you do for us. Oh, thank you, Nathan. Also, thank you and your wonderful ministry. And of course, Nate, just briefly, uh, for anyone that maybe is new here to the ministry, maybe they just tuned in for the first time, would you just briefly once again share your contact information and how individuals can get a hold of your ministries? Well, people can reach Lamb and Lion Ministries through our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. And there uh, they can find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy and God's prophetic word. Uh, we have our television show, Christ and Prophecy, hosted by Dr. David Reagan. We also have uh, many articles, uh, blogs, newsletters, podcasts. Uh, brother, you name it, we <laughs> want to teach people the Bible. We get excited that Jesus Christ is coming soon. So check us out, landline.com. Excellent. Thank you, Nathan. For those of you that are watching us live, you can see all that information there on the back screen. And when you see those two uh, wonderful smiling faces there on TV, that's Dr. Reagan and, of course, <laughs> Nathan Jones. So check it out and just all the wonderful resources that they have there. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. And uh, Nate, also, before we continue, we just want to throw in a quick plug again. We talked about this wonderful, wonderful movie that you, got, you, we, you and I went to see, The War Room. And um, you told me, it, you cried, you laughed, and the whole thing. Did you cry? I'm too badly to cry. Let's <laughs> just say there wasn't a dry face in the audience, and it was packed, and this was an off hour, too. It's just great to see Christians going out there. Yeah. See, Hollywood doesn't have to make trash movies. It, That's it right. really fantastic movies yeah. that touch people and teach people. And what I love about this Christian movie, too, War Room, is that it gave the gospel message. You know, there's yeah. a lot of Christian movies that are out there, and they're, they're kind of Christian light, you know, they, they, they yeah. 
tiptoe around the gospel, but this movie gave the gospel. It was yeah. made for Christians to teach Christians how to pray, and brother, it'll change one's prayer life if they watch it. I, I know I've gotten a lot more serious about my prayer life from watching it. I know. It was amazing. And I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm less manly than you. I did cry. I didn't let my wife see me, though, but I was there, you know, tearing. <laughs> well, it takes a brave man to admit that he cried through the movie. I'm a little teary-eyed. I'll give you that. But I can hear people sniffing all over the <laughs> No, I didn't sniff. I didn't go that far. I had to hold on to my manhood, okay? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, we would encourage anyone watching and listening. It is worth it. And you're right. You know, Nathan, you made such a good point. We don't have to produce trash to be good. And when there's so much compromise, and I'm so glad that we have Christians rising up and saying, you know what, we're going to make a good movie, and uh, it doesn't have to be trashy. No, no. I mean, pseudo-Christian movies, like uh, take Noah, for instance, which was just yes. so way off base. And uh, we could, as Christians, do it well and... Unfortunately, Christianity has had a long history of making really lousy B-movies. But we're now seeing with Pure Flix and the Kendrick Brothers and others are coming out with movies that are really good and and they really inspire people and they have real stories. And so, yeah, we reach people where they're at. That's what Modern Missions is. And where people at, brother, are in the movie theaters. Absolutely, Nathan. And that's why we just took some time out of our program to encourage people watching and listening. Hey, go out there, support it, check it out, make it part of your library. It's one of those movies like Fireproof, right, Nathan? And one of those you just want to collect, you know? Yeah, and Courageous, a great collection of movies. Uh, God's Not Dead, I recommend Christians go go check it out. Grow in your spiritual walk with Christ. And keep listening to our radio interviews because we got a lot to teach you as well. Absolutely, including what we're going to continue to be looking at in Daniel chapter 8. Nathan, again, I want to thank you for the first segment of the program. I know you read a big portion of scripture and then you began to highlight for us uh, the meaning of what we were looking at. Can you recap real quick, Nathan, what we talked about before we move on uh, in our study? Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you didn't want me to read the whole chapter. No. <laughs> Uh, that's a long chapter, but <laughs> Daniel chapter 8 is a vision that God gave to Daniel, and he sends the angel Gabriel to interpret it. And the interpretation is the fall of the Medo-Persian Empire and the rise of the Greek Empire under Alexander the Great, mm. and that Alexander the Great's Greek Empire would birth what's called the Little Horn, a type of Antichrist, a Titus Epiphanes, who would persecute the Jewish people and, and uh, try to cause an abomination of desolation inside the temple, try to stop the Jews from being Jews, from worshiping God. And he is a type, a foretaste of the one world ruler to come, which is called the Antichrist. Excellent point. You know, Nathan, I love that because uh, uh, for people that maybe just tuned in, we don't want them to get all mixed up and confused as they're, as they're reading through this, trying to figure out, well, what in the world does this mean? And you put it so well, Nathan. What's the word? Harma what? Harma- uh, hermeneutics. Yes, the art and science of interpreting the Bible. In other words, uh, how you read the Bible is how you interpret it. And it's very yeah. important that we interpret it correctly and the correct way is to take it literal to when it's symbolism we read the interpretation and so we know what it means it means to read it in context and to compare it to other verses in the bible so we know what we're reading you know nathan and uh i'm I'm so glad uh that you share that because that's what you and i always do we allow scriptures to be compared with scriptures right and where the bible is silent we stay silent and where there's more uh light that is shed to that passage because of the scriptures, that's where we go. 
It's the only way to interpret the Bible. The idea of spiritualizing everything and trying to find hidden meetings or Bible codes or right. crazy stuff like that, you know, you, you can't do that. I've been working, uh, talking back and forth with a gentleman this week who's taken one verse out of the Bible and made it all about the Bible. And it's like, no, 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 no. no. Here, read the other verses. Read the context. And so here we got to read the context. The context is Daniel 8, but we also have to look at Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, which also has other visions Daniel was given that substantiate Daniel 8's vision. Mm. And we have to read other books of the Bible, particularly, say, Revelation, because yes. Revelation is the counterpart to Daniel in the New Testament. Excellent point. And Nathan, of course, maybe for someone who didn't tune in, we will not read all of chapter 8. <laughs> but I was thinking, Nate, maybe if you can bring us um, from verses uh, 15 uh, over to uh, verses uh, 23, uh, just and then we can, again, recap a few things there because we were leaving off talking about Alexander the Great and these empires, but also chapter 2 of Daniel and chapter 7 also gave us more details, and we wanted to look at that as well. Well, right, right. Okay, we'll start with 15. Uh, Daniel, who is given, that's his gift, his spiritual gift, to interpret dreams. Yeah. But he can't interpret this one. It doesn't make any sense to him. And so you hear this voice from heaven, send Gabriel, the angel, to come down and interpret the vision. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a, you know, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. <laughs> I don't know if that's, you know, is that God talking? Is that another angel talking? I, I don't know. But we know that Gabriel is sent down now. Gabriel is one of those uh, angels in the Bible who, who get a lot of faith time, along with Michael the archangel. Yeah. Gabriel has four different uh, times that he is sent by God to give messages in the Bible. Two times to Daniel, both chapter 8 and chapter 9. But, you know, Gabriel got the blessing yeah. of being able to announce the birth of John the Baptist in mm. Luke 1 and of Jesus to Mary and also in Luke 1. So uh, Gabriel seems to be the head messenger of God. He gets all the juicy jobs. He gets to go out <laughs> and proclaim the Messiah, but he also gets to proclaim the end times to Daniel, and that's what he's doing here. Excellent, Nathan. And, and I love that. And that's why we find there in verse 16 uh, and on, uh, again, with the mention of Gabriel. And I'm so glad that you pointed that out, Nathan, because you see these angelic individuals, God has them in different time periods, different time zones, speaking and revealing things to different individuals. And here, he's revealing that to Daniel. So, Nate, would you be able to read for us verses 16 once again uh, to, uh, to verse 23? That would be awesome. Read 16 to 23? Yeah, if you don't mind, of chapter 8. Sure. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Ulai who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the times of the end. Now as he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, Look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For at that appointed time, the end shall be. The ram, which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia, and the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king, as for the broken horn and the whole four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. In the latter time of their kingdom, which transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. Oh, you know, Nathan, and that's why I'm so glad that, that you pointed out certain things, because here in chapter two and chapter four, we find again this description of these kingdoms, the Medo, Persian. Of course, Daniel is writing in that time of the Babylonian Empire. Right. But then that's going to fall. And in his previous visions, 
uh, it reveals to us these other kingdoms that are going to be popping up in the future. Right. Uh, both in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, uh, he was told that the Medo-Persians would conquer Babylon. Now, we're told in the very beginning of uh, Daniel 8 that this is the third year of Belteshazzar. Now, he was the last of the kings of the Babylonian Empire. So Daniel will live through seeing the Babylonian Empire fall. Daniel will end up serving the kings of Medo-Persia. So he lived through this. He gets to see the Medo-Persian Empire come and uh, conquer Babylon. What he doesn't live through is to see eventually the Greek Empire rise up later and uh, conquer the Medo-Persian Empire. Mm, excellent point. And Nate, I was also, now that you, you brought that up, it brought me uh, brought us back to Daniel uh, chapter 2, verse 36, because you, you mentioned again, uh, again how these uh, empires... Uh, we're going to be rising up to power, and sometimes people maybe don't get the whole glimpse of it. Can we can we look at that uh, also, Nate? Uh, those empires in the previous chapters, chapters two and seven. Well, in Daniel two, he was given a vision of a giant statue with a head of gold, a chest and arms of silver, a waist of bronze, and legs of iron, but the feet were iron mixed with clay. Mm. And again, God gives the interpretation of that to Daniel, and Daniel gives it to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, at that time. And uh, this is one of the first visions that Daniel gets. And he says that you, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon is that head of right. gold, but that head of gold will be replaced by a silver empire, the Medo-Persian mm-hmm. Empire, all well known for loving their silver, by the way. Uh, <laughs> then you got the Greek Empire here, which was uh, represented by bronze, and it would conquer the Medo Persian Empire. And then the Empire of Iron uh, would conquer and destroy the Greek Empire. Eventually, the, the Roman Empire would uh, get frail and fall apart, and represented by the feet that are mixed with iron and clay. And the whole statue mm-hmm. would be destroyed by a rock, a mountain that's cat thrown on it and shatters it. It's a mountain not made by human hands. And what Daniel is given here is the major empires that affect Israel over the course of human history up to the point where Jesus will come back, destroy human government, and set up his own kingdom here on earth. Mm, excellent point. And that's why we find that revelation there, Daniel 2, verses uh, 36 through 43. And then when we jump to uh, Daniel chapter 7, right, Nate, we also find again here in the opening of chapter 7, talking to us about these uh, empires and kingdoms. Right. In Daniel 7, Daniel's given another dream, uh, but this time the vision is uh, where Babylon is, is compared to a winged lion, right. the Medo-Persian Empire to a bear, the Greek Empire to a winged leopard, and then to this hideous beast is the Roman Empire. So this is the third time that Daniel has been given a vision here in chapter 8 that uh, shows how the human governments would rise and fall. Empires would come and go. And that's a good reminder for us today. Mm -hmm. We think that we live in an empire, the American empire, so to speak, that will last forever. But empires have come and gone throughout history. And even the most powerful ones cannot stand up to the forces of change. And eventually, all human government will be destroyed by the return of Jesus Christ. Ooh, excellent point. And you know, Nathan, what's cool is even people that maybe are not Christians, maybe someone is tuned in and they're just sort of curious and they, uh, they're not really believers, but even history books, right, Nathan, you can read this in the regular history books in school regarding these empires. Well, you, you got it so right. This is what's amazing about Daniel, and this is why so many of the detractors of Daniel say, oh, you know, he must have prophesied this hundreds of years later, and the timing of Daniel's all wrong, and for this... Because Daniel, especially in chapter 11, gives a play-by-play detail of what happens 
uh, throughout the few hundred years leading up to Jesus Christ. And here, and here he is given a prophecy about a, the Medo-Persian Empire would rise and conquer Babylon, it did. But Daniel wasn't alive to see the Greek Empire rise. Uh, Philip II of Macedonia united all the Greek city-states except for Sparta, but his son Alexander is considered the greatest of all their kings because he was like a super warrior, man. I mean, this guy used to go out there, and he conquered everything in his path. Right. Uh, Daniel's vision has shown the goat doesn't even touch the ground. He's moving so fast. And that's how Alexander the Great did it. He blitzkrieged in 334 across the Middle East. Yeah. He conquered everything. He was really ticked off at the uh, Medo-Persian Empire because they defeated him in Marathon, the Battle of Marathon in 490 B.C., and the Battle of Salamis in 481 B.C. He wanted payback. And that's what he did. He destroyed, he, 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 and here in the vision here, it says that the goat was furious at the ram and just smashed and destroyed it. And that's what Alexander the Great did. He was furious. He hated the Medo-Persian Empire. And he just used all his full force and he smashed it. He annihilated it. He destroyed it. You know, that's a great, and, and that's why Nathan, of course, as we look at scripture, interpreting scripture in chapter 7 of Daniel there, again, is describing these empires, like you mentioned uh, to us. Verse 4, the first was like a lion, eagle, it, eagle's wings, and, and watch till the, its, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the man's heart was given to it. And then in Daniel 7, 5, and then suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, was raised up, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said thus to it, arise and devour. So pretty much verse 6, after this I looked, and there was another, uh, like a leopard, which had in its back four wings as a bird, and a beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to So everything you're describing, Nate, it's, it's basically right there in the previous chapters as well. Yeah, I mean, leading up to, to chapter 8, this is, again, Daniel's third vision of, of how the empires that affect Israel would come and go, and, and this was the empire that's uh, coming and going with the Greek empire. Now, Alexander the Great died young in uh, 323 B.C. He was only 32 years old. Wow. He backtracked. He got as far as India. Uh, something about Indian elephants didn't settle well with him. He's like, all right, that's, <laughs> I've gone enough. I've conquered the known world. Who cares about India? He turned around. He got back to Babylon. He got malaria. Now, here's one of the greatest warriors of all of human history. Amazing. And he dies from a bug bite. And that's what he did. He died of malaria. He had left no heirs whatsoever. So what ends up happening is, is he splits, or the kingdom was split up among his four generals. And mm. here, as we've been reading in verse 8, we, um, we got the four horns. Now, the kingdom of Greece was divided into four areas. I mean, it was still Greek. Right. Ptolemy, which is one of his generals, he was um, given Egypt and that parts of Asia Minor. Cassander was given the territory of Macedonia and Greece. Mm -hmm. The sorry, uh, was given Thrace and parts of Asia Minor. And then Seleucus was given the remainder of Alexander's empire in Syria and Israel and Mesopotamia. And so we'll read, especially in Daniel 11, that right. the Ptolemies in Egypt and the Seleucids in Syria would fight back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, trampling Israel every time they marched armies across. And Israel was always stuck as a buffer between the yeah. two generals and their descendants. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, it's just fascinating to me as we look at the, the again, these descriptions and as you look at history and you tie it all together. And it just makes perfect sense, these visions uh, that we look. And that's what I want to encourage anyone watching, anyone listening. Man, take some time to study 
Bible prophecy. Take some, Become a good student. Use all these wonderful resources because it really is exciting when you see how all these things are coming together. But Nathan, you made a good point. Here you have this incredibly powerful guy who seemed to be ruling the world, and then a bug bites him and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, with no heir. He did all that work. He has, has no heir to take over his kingdom. That, you know, and, and it surely shows you how important it is as Christians that we live our lives pleasing yes. to God, that our works, our good works, are being used to store up eternal treasures. Alexander the Great had a tremendous legacy, but he left nothing of eternal value. He left right. nothing of family. Uh, and so all that conquering in such a young life Mm. was left with nothing and so it's really sad you know Nathan I think that's a message for someone watching and someone listening I mean today people spend so much time trying to climb the corporate ladder they don't take time for their families they don't take time to serve the Lord they don't take time to serve in their churches and at the end you know what what are we going to leave in other words if all our treasures right Nathan are just here in this world what what are we going to offer the Lord right wonderfully said it's true our treasure should be built and uh, stored up in heaven and we do that by doing good works by sharing the gospel with nice. people by helping those in need uh, by being uh, good Christian examples and living our lives holy and worthy of God that's eternal rewards that are stored up now we could be super successful like Alexander here on earth you could be a CEO of a corporation right. or a president of a country, you know, you can have all the money and fame and power, but what good is it going to do you when you're dead? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you go to heaven, you know, there's nothing stored up there, and uh, usually what a lot of what people do is when they die, they leave it to their bumbling children or something like that and <laughs> waste it anyway, or here to uh, Alexander's four squabbling generals who did nothing good. more than, than break up the power of his empire, so yeah, it's very important that we live our lives with an eternal perspective. Yes, excellent point. And Nathan, that eternal perspective is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me in John chapter 14. And in John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Nate, you know, our concern, yours and I, is always for the eternal uh, um, destiny of those watching and listening. And maybe, Nate, there's someone out there who doesn't know the Lord yet, They're, they've been tuned in, but they haven't given their lives to Him. How can they start their relationship right now, Nate? Well, first, they need to understand that uh, there are nobody that is righteous, no right one, that we are all sinners, and we need to repent of our sins, which are our rebellion against Jesus Christ. And once we repent of our sins, we need to accept Jesus' salvation. He loved us so much yes. that He died on the cross so that we might be saved. And then when we ask forgiveness of our sins, we ask Jesus to be our Savior. He promises to wipe our slate clean. Our sins are forgiven. We can stand before God holy. And we are inheritors of the kingdom of God, both here on this earth and in eternity to come. Mm, Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching and listening, again, you tune in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones. As we have been looking at... God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 8. And we also want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. Hey, maybe you have put your trust in Jesus Christ by faith. You received him right now. You recognize you're a sinner. We'd love for you to call us and let us know. We would love to give you more information so you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. Again, the local number is 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We would love to 
pray with you and continue to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So Nathan Jones, we only have about a minute left uh, to the second segment of our program. Uh, this has been an exciting, exciting series here as you've been taking us through this wonderful, wonderful journey. And we'll, of course, Nathan, we know that there's still so many other things that God is going to be revealing uh, to Daniel. But one of the things that you mentioned earlier that we talked about is prayer. And we need to encourage individuals to continue to pray. And God reveals wonderful things when we pray. Right, Nate? He does. It's very important that we have a strong prayer life. A lot of people don't think there's power in prayer. and They, they don't bother with it. I, I think of my own life. If I treated my wife like most people treat God, by never paying any attention to her, never talking to her, only thinking about her occasionally, and only coming to her when I wanted something, that marriage between us would be pretty bad, right? Right. And so what we want is a good, healthy relationship with God, and that involves a strong prayer life, uh, being dedicated to the Lord, living a holy yes. life, and giving God the time and attention He deserves by reading the Bible and by doing good works. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Really, we have to compare this as our natural relationships. You and Heather have been together 20 years, and that's because you've been treating her well. <laughs> and that's true. And, and, you know, we're growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, but like any relationship, it needs to be strengthened with time and commitment. Excellent point. Well, Nathan, and I want to thank you for being part of the second segment of our program. And what a wonderful way to close our program by, with that wonderful word of encouragement for those that have been watching and listening. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the second segment of our program. And it's always great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, of course, those of you watching and listening, we'll come to the end of the second segment of our program. But our lines will remain open in case you're in need of prayer. 305-992-9537. We'd love to pray for you and also hear how God has been blessing your lives. Hey, the rest of you have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming very soon. Have a great day.